0: to another episode of the Raven Narratives. I'm Tom Yoder.
1: And I'm Sarah Severson and we're the co-producers of the Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Brad Tafoya in September at our events at the Grand Imperial Hotel in Silverton and James Ranch just north of Durango and the theme was water. We want to give a big shout out to the Silverton Theater Mind for helping us work with Silverton Storytellers.
0: Brad is a Colorado Western Slope native who tries desperately every year to balance his love of the outdoors with a sometimes paralyzing sense of responsibility and duty. When he's not playing or spending time with his family and friends, he toils away as a CPA counting beans while being terribly bad with numbers. Here is Brad's story.
2: I was 17 and at a party. We were playing a kind of icebreaker game. And we were asked to uh, say what kind of water we liked and tell why. And so when it came to my turn, I said rivers, and this is why. A river is calm, peaceful, soothing, a place where you can totally lose yourself and all track of time. At the same time, a river is powerful, majestic seductive, unstoppable, literally sculpting the earth and you as it passes through. Turns out the purpose of this game was to supposedly describe the kind of lover that you are. (laughs) The cutest girl at the party asked me out later that night. (laughs) That night and those words are just the beginning of my lifelong relationship with water. I grew up in a trailer court on the North Fork of the Gunnison River. I can still remember spending days on the river. I can hear and see the fish jumping all around my stepdad and I as we sat on old cars that used to fortify the banks. The water was turquoise green and the brown trout, bigger than life. If the fishing was bad, I'd just jump in and go swimming. That, rov- that river was my center. Water, rivers, lakes, oceans, a pool in a slick rock pocket, raindrops on a tree branch, a perfect snowflake on my glove, the cool, sweet taste of a true mountain spring. I found clarity, peace, beauty, and life and water. Now if you like, please close your eyes. I take a journey with me on some of my favorite memories of water. The cold, icy shock of jumping into ice lakes when there's still snow on the ground. Sliding into an alpine lake, naked in the moonlight. Sitting underneath a pine tree during a rainstorm, nowhere to go, watching, listening, waiting. a glacial river in Nepal in the middle of a rainstorm, nowhere to go but up. The sound of the oar dipping into the water as the walls of the Grand Canyon slowly float by the splish-splash of my dog running through the creek, him laying down to cool off, and the grin of utter joy on his face. That feeling that you get in your stomach as you're scouting lava falls, and the feeling that you get when you make it through and find an eddy beer. The sun setting over Mojave Lake The water, smooth as glass, reflecting back on you. Following its path down a canyon, getting down on my hands and knees, filling the smooth groove sculpted in the hard rock before it cascades over the edge. Swimming, yes, naked again. A secluded beach in Australia, then looking around and wondering, maybe nobody's here because there's sharks in this water. <laughs> Grounding yourself in Cement Creek, your feet soaking in the water as you prepare to go on stage and bear your soul. So many wonderful moments, so many beautiful memories, so many emotions. I'd like to share two more with you a little bit tonight in a little more detail. It was the summer of 2014. My wife and I had been separated for eight months, and I was trying to figure out who I was and what I needed, so I accepted an invitation on a river trip with mostly strangers. I knew I needed the river, but I didn't know how much it would change me. It's a day three, and I'm in my ducky. We're about to scout the only two rapids that we would scout on that trip. We're on the Green River, the Deso-, Deso Gray section, and I hate scouting, absolutely hate scouting. Talk about nerves. This time would be worse. As I get out on my ducky, Laz walks up to me and says, hey man, Nils really wants to go down this in a ducky, but I don't want him to go by himself, will you take him? Nils is six years old and I just met him two days before. Panic ensues. Somehow, I'm able to mutter, yes, sure, I'll take him. We scout the rapid. I don't remember any of it. All I remember is this incredible sensation to pee, which I did do, but the sensation didn't leave. Somehow, I make it through that, okay, unscathed. There's no time to celebrate, though, because the next rapid that we're going to scout is just down the river a little ways. We take a couple of turns around a couple curves. And boats start to peel over to scout. And the boat ahead of me, I hear Jeff say to Kristen, should we run it? Kristen says, you mean no scout? Jeff says, yeah, no scout. Kristen goes, yeah, no scout. Let's do it. So Jeff yells to Brian, the trip leader, Brian, running it. I make a split-second decision. I yell to Brian, Brian, running it. Jeff's a good boatman, so I follow his lead. As we get closer to the rapid, I can see and hear the roar of the whitewater. As I glide over the smooth green tongue, everything slows down. I see more clearly than I've ever seen in my life, and a calm that I've never felt comes over me. As I get into the meat of the rapid, I can feel the water, the power of the water pushing and pulling my ducky. And I can feel it in my core. Each stroke is perfectly timed and effortless. I can feel the spray of the water on my face. I can see the droplets sparkling in the sun. A lifetime in seconds and then I'm through it. I see Jeff eddied on the left, and so I eddy right and wait. Eventually, two duckies come through without captains, and then people thrashing around frantically. I rescue both. I learned a lot that day on the river and on that trip. Most importantly, what I learned is always keep your head up, your feet pointed forward, feel everything, and just breathe. Since then, I've been divorced, fell madly in love, and married an amazing soul. But life, like a river, is ever-changing and flowing. And about seven months ago, we ended up separating. This transition, while graceful, and for the right reasons and necessary, was still wrought with fear, and sadness, and doubt, and didn't come at a good time, right before tax season. Did I mention I'm a CPA? But when does life come at the right time? And so after tax season, I do what I always do, and I headed retreated to water. I decided to go on a solo backpacking trip to Dark Canyon. So I packed up whatever I could, water, food, camping gear, and two gallons of water. For those of you that are not good with math like me, that's 17 pounds of just water on my back. With the drought and where I was going, I wasn't sure there was gonna be water during the first couple days. And so I carried that two gallons. I was pretty sure that at the end of day two, I would get to an eternal spring, or at least that was my hope. After about five miles, I started seeing small traces of water. As I continued to walk down the canyon, down past the conifers, deeper into the Red Rock, those small traces of water began to become pools and water running. By mile 12, I finally found my campsite right next to a huge, beautiful pool of water and a seep coming out of the canyon wall. i got to say, I was a little pissed to carry two gallons of water all that way. So pissed that I almost showered with it just to spite or dump it on the ground. But I knew there was an eight-mile dry section the next day. Um, And I wasn't quite sure that that spring would be full. So I conserved. I had a cup with dinner. Um, I rehydrated, had another cup for breakfast, but didn't have any coffee. As I hoisted my pack the next, morning. It didn't feel any lighter. What the hell? I couldn't believe it. As I crisscrossed the canyon floor that morning, that morning, under a cobalt blue sky framed with sandstone and red wall cliffs and fear and doubt, I slowly drank that water. If I close my eyes, I can still see myself standing at the mouth of Young's Canyon and Dark Canyon a smile slowly breaking over my face as I took in the cool green grass and the water falling over the waterfall. As I dropped my pack and drank the last bit of that water that I'd carried for 24 miles in two days, the weight of a separation lifted and my heart and spirit soared again. Water is life. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Brad, so much for sharing that story.
1: Our next storytelling event will be a story slam with the theme of family on November 30th at the Sunflower Theater in Cortez and December 1st at the Durango Arts Center.
0: To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. We are currently looking for storytellers for our upcoming events in February of 2019 when the theme will be love.
1: Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and share these stories with your friends.
0: Thanks to our photographer, McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots. Check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narrative's website, and be sure to visit her website at RedScarfShots.com.
1: And thanks also goes to our fiscal nonprofit sponsor, Mancus Valley Resources. Find out more about all the wonderful projects they support in the Mancus Valley of Colorado at ValleyResources.com.
0: The website for buying Raven Narratives Tickets, ravennarrativestickets.org, was created by Cortez Web Services. Find out how they can help your business online at cortezweb.com.
1: And finally, our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar. And you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org.